Good morning. My name is Brennan Cece, and I'm from the University of Southern Queensland in Brisbane, Australia. And I've been invited on this podcast to talk about Peter Arnold's tri-dimensions or dimensions of movement known as um, about, through and in. Uh, we sometimes refer to them as the Arnoldian perspective. Um, this dimension or these concepts, Peter Arnold wrote about, I think, in the 70s, 80s, a little bit in the 90s, um, were in one way seen as a, a way that could um, unite that long-standing mind-body dichotomy, which PE has wrestled with all the way back to the ancient um, Greeks as well, um, in terms of unifying this, this concept, or if you want to use some other terms, the prac and the theory. So what did Peter Arnold really briefly say about these things, or these three dimensions? So he said, first of all, learning or knowledge about is usually gained through study of a subject. So physiology, anatomy, things such as that, about something. So I could tell you that I have knowledge about tennis from watching tennis or reading about tennis, but that would not be the same as saying I have knowledge through playing tennis. The second part of the tri-dimensional model or his perspective is learning through physical activity or movement. Now, these things relate to, if you want to call them the add-ons. So the benefit of me doing physical activity can be enjoyment. The benefit of me doing physical activity could be fitness and things such as this. So these are the add-ons as a result of the physical activity, if you want to say. And the final one was the learning in physical activity, which refers to experiential outcomes. It can only, this knowledge can only be gained by doing the movement and the knowledge that I gain through doing the movement, how water feels, etc. Um, dropping the ball onto my foot as I kick it, how that feels, what I know about the angle of contact. So knowledge in physical activity. Um, so that's the guts, if you want to say, of those three things. To give it like a bit of a perspective, you know, there's that famous scene in Goodwill Hunting where Robin Williams speaks to Will and he says something along the lines of, um, I wasn't, I'm not going to insult you and tell you that I know what it's like to be an orphan because I read Oliver Twist. So someone can know about being an orphan by reading about it, but you only really can know what it is to be an orphan by living that life, if you want to say. Now, Arnold was really pretty clear on this saying, that all three are to be valued. Um, and he even said that it was like a triangle, um, the dimensions, not separate, but functionally related. He did worry though that movement sometimes was overly valued in terms of intellectualist terms. And he did not want that. Um, and if movement was to be only a means to an end as well, then it loses its educational worth. So if you only did movement, say, to collect data or to study it or to be fit, then it loses its standalone value as well. So he did emphasize that all three are to be equally valued. However, if you push the guy, so let's say you're in a bar and you've had a few drinks and you've said to Peter Arnold, which one though? Surely you must think one is more important. 
he did say that skill, let's use the term movement, has preeminence. And he actually said, so this is a direct quote, when examining the relative claims of skill, like I said, movement, skill, knowledge, fitness, and pleasure in relation to PE, I will argue they should be placed in this order of priority. So to me, this is the smoking gun. And if you're not convinced, this is also followed up with saying, knowing how in the form of skills must take precedence over theoretical knowledge. So when push came to shove, he said that skill or movement is the most important one. Now, he suggested this because he said movement is important, but without knowledge, it lacks rationality. So a little bit like you maybe saying, oh, Brendan, great shot. What were you thinking? Huh? What were you thinking? I don't know. Well, then it's hard to respect that on its own. It sounds like it's really like a luck or a fluke or something random. It's not actually thought about or a reflex. But he says, if you overvalue the about part or the theory part, it can be criticized for two reasons. On its own, knowledge changes nothing without action. So to give another example, if I was standing on the beach as a lifesaver or a lifeguard with my good mate Shane Pill, and I said, hey, Pilly, it looks like that guy's drowning out there. And Pilly said, yeah, he's caught in a rip, Brendan. I said, should we go out there and save him? Well, we could take the rescue board. We could take the rubber boat. Should we go and get him? No, but we know he's drowning. People would say, our knowledge has done nothing. The knowledge has done nothing except let us identify. It's the action which will give it meaning or value, so to speak. Um, he also said on a lesser level, perhaps that's my judgment, but if too much emphasis is placed on the cognitive and the intellectual, that's the about, the result is the educated mind and not the educated whole person. So he was pretty clear about which one, if you had to say one was more valued, why, and he gave good reason for saying that. Now, myself, Shane Pill from Flinders Uni and John Williams from the University of Canberra, we wrote a paper recently where we looked at how this concept was applied, this Arnold Diem philosophy, if you want to say. Now, in Australia, we're a bit quirky, a bit like uh, the United Kingdom and New Zealand. We have governments giving us syllabus or curriculum documents. I'm using that term interchangeably, where they tell us the what to teach, we decide the how to teach. So from grade one to grade 10, we have a national document telling us what to do. In grade 11 and 12, each state or province, as Canadians would perhaps say, we have state governments telling us what to do. In grade 11 and 12, there are syllabus documents which contribute to university entrance scores. So in my state, Queensland, from 1998 to the year 2018, there was a syllabus document for grade 11 and 12, which 50% of the mark came from theory or about, and 50% of the mark came from practical, the in and through. And they quoted Arnold. Now, in 2019, a new syllabus document came out where they went to now the theory, 82% of the mark would come from theory or knowledge about, and 18 from movement or practical or the in and through, if you want to say. Now, where I was blown away is in this document, the syllabus writers still, and this is a quote, said that Arnold's seminal work provides a philosophical and educative framework to promote deep learning, deep learning in three dimensions about through and in movement. Now, I was quite confused then because I thought, if you are going to quote Arnold, then you are saying that you value all three equally. This is what the man said. 
He did not say anything different to this. But yet, here was a group of people, or syllabus writers, saying, no, 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 we're not going to value them equally, but we're still going to quote the guy. Now, just to, to let them off the hook for a second, they're, they're, they're no different to many other people in Australia and any other parts of the world. So many authors have spoken about how the Arnoldian perspective has been used to promote the academicization of PE. In other words, it's been misinterpreted. So people such as Brooker and McDonald, McDonald and Kirk, Stoltz and Thorburn, etc., have all noted these things around Australia and the United Kingdom, where they say things like, people speak about integrated curriculum documents, but we're left with silos and the about dimension or the, the theory is disproportionately dominating and the others are not. So that was the first thing. Now, I thought in one way, perhaps I'm wrong in thinking this, but it reminded me when I read this and then they're, they're quoting Arnold saying it's deep learning, that first of all, I'm going, well, unless if 82 and 18 are the same number, then yeah, it's deep. But last time I checked, $82 is not the same as $18 and 82 centimeters is not the same depth as 18 centimeters. So I had no idea why they were quoting Arnold and then they had gone and done this. Um, it reminded me a little bit of the George Orwell, um, you know, all animals are equal, but just some are more equal than others. Um, what then also blew my mind is they said that, and they even defined this, authentic environments for physical activity are defined as contexts that include specific characteristics of a category of physical activity to allow specialized movement sequences and movement strategies to be performed and data to be gathered. And I thought, I don't think what makes physical activity meaningful or authentic is gathering data. And what's more, this data was not then used by the student to improve performance, which reminded me of a bystander perhaps watching a student saying, oh, I see you're gathering data. Why are you doing that? The student says, oh, to make my movement meaningful and authentic. The bystander perhaps asking, what will you do with this data to make it more meaningful? And the student saying, oh, I shall just write a report about the limitations, but I will do nothing. I cannot see that as why something is, if you want to say, um, meaningful, so to speak. And again, not in line with what Arnold said, where he said that movement must be intrinsically valued for its own sake, for its own educational reason, as opposed to a utilitarian one. And if it does end up like that, then it becomes a means to an end, which clearly this has become in this case. So quite clearly, this reinterpretation or misinterpretation of Arnold's idea has led to this new kind of physically educated student in Queensland, in senior PE, where to be good at PE, you need to be able to write a lot about what you need to do to improve your performance, but you do not have to be good at actually doing it. You've just got to be good at writing about it. Now, this had such an effect, this document, so it was the last year, under the old syllabus, where it was 50% prac, 50% theory, there were over 12,000, or sorry, nearly 12,000 students, 11,457 doing senior PE. And in the space of four years, that number has been cut in half. So massive drops in numbers. And in the end, myself, Shane Pill, and John Williams have drawn the conclusion that under the new senior PE syllabus in Queensland, it seems to discriminate against those who can perform physically but cannot verbalize or write. And it values those who can, cannot perform physically 
but can verbalize. So a different type of physically educated student and definitely a move away from the Arnold Dean perspective.